Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, what's up, Mikey? Two guys on their own path to recovery. Well, that's not really true. What does it say? Two, two guys. On their own path of recovery. Yeah, but we're not. We're not on our own path of recovery. I mean, we're, we're, we're on our path of recovery together. Right. Yes. Right. So it's I'm not sure what you're saying, but yes, yes. I'm going to emphatically say we're yes. We're not two guys. We're, we are two guys on our own path to recovery, but, but we're, we're doing, doing it together. We're doing it together. Right. We're so, walking. We're, we're hiking the Appalachian Trail of sobriety together. Right. But your path's not exactly like mine. No, it's not. But it's not that much but different. But it's the same either. path. It's the same path. And we use a lot of the same tools. hiking tools. Yes, we do. Uh, we have the same tools on our backpack. I can do a... I How can, in the world do we get on get a backpack? I can do a whole... We could do a whole hiking theme, except I don't hike. So that would... I'd be a little short of material once yeah. I get past the water bottle. Me neither. I mean, a hike for me is like getting out of my car at Walmart, walking to the Walmart. So did I tell you about my, uh, early on in, uh, not early on in sobriety, but early on in life, I um, I was a social smoker, and I thought, this is a nasty, nasty habit. Wait, wait, you were a social smoker, and yes. now you're what? Professional. You're a professional. Okay. Yeah. No. So I was a social I smoker, that. but I, but I was just bending over that line where I was, it was, I was really smoking a lot. So long story short, I... Um, I decided one night on the way home, I'm I'm going to change my ways, man. I'm I'm making a resolution, so I crumble, you know, the the balance of the pack out. I crumble it, I throw it out the window. Yes, I littered, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the next morning, I get up, I put on my jogging pants, I strap on my shoes, man. I hit the hit the road <clears> running, <throat> man. I'm I'm going to change the course of my life. Wait, you actually went jogging? Yeah, about eight blocks down to the Seven uh-huh. Eleven, and uh, I bought a pack of cigarettes. Called my <laughs> wife to have her come pick me up. True story. So that was it. All right. So let me share a quick story. It has to do with alcohol. Um, so this is uh, I don't know. It's, I, in, in fact, it was my last relapse, and and uh, <clears throat> so I, I bought this bottle. It was a it was a smaller bottle. I'm used to buying those ones with the handles on them, and, mm-hmm. and this was a, a pint, I guess it's called. Okay. It, you know, it wasn't a fifth. It was the next one down. Okay. Quarter right. or whatever okay. it is. So I bought it, and I was so frustrated. I, I drank like half of it. I'm like, I just got to stop. I just got to stop. So I remember I took the bottle, and I threw it out in the cornfield. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> I can tell you. Well, first of all, the next morning I was hungover and shaken. Uh-huh. I went back and looked for it. And I couldn't find it. Uh, and I can tell you, it, it was literally two years. Every time I drove by that cornfield, I thought about that bottle. I'm like, there's still half a bottle of vodka out there. Nobody will know. Nobody will know. Oh, that's funny. But I could, I, I could never find it. And I think I think that is a blessing. I think that's a country and western song right, waiting to be born. <laughs> Absolutely, you know? man. I, I love it. I lost my bottle in the cornfield. Uh, it really ain't no big deal. Um, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it, real funny, though, that, that you said that because all my years of drinking, you know, I know airplane bottle. And I like uh, the guy would say, "You want what do you want, a pint, a quarter, a fifth, a handle? I'm like, I just I, I would just point. I, I want that size. The biggest. Yeah, right. I know. Well, I not it. if you're traveling. Now you got to go oh, with yeah. the smallest. I know. It's all strategy. Here's what I friend. never understood. 
I never understood a flask. No, too much work. I mean, that's a you gotta get that little funnel, and I was thinking about getting my son a flask for Christmas, just as a joke. He's eighteen, uh-huh. but he's going to school in Ireland, so you you can drink when you're so he's eighteen. A, he's and, eighteen, and going on thirty. Yeah, yeah, so you can drink legally in Ireland at eighteen. So I was thinking, hey, that'd be kind of funny to get because he just started drinking while he was over there. But you just get him a Benny's gift card. I, <laughs> I didn't want to support his uh, his habit. That would look bad, Mikey. Look yep. So what are we talking Feel about bad. today? By, by the way, it's great to be back in the studio. Hey, by the way, guess what? Welcome to our YouTube listeners. How about that? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Love so, it. So, yeah, we're just kind of rolling out into YouTube a little bit. You know, same old product delivery, you know, just two guys on their own path to recovery. Different uh, channel. Audio, different channel. That's it. Same bad, same bad theme, same bad channel. We love right. it. Yeah. So welcome to our YouTube listeners. And, uh, you know, chime in. We love, hearing, we love hearing back from people. And, I mean, a lot of the material that... We end up talking about here comes from listener engagement. I mean, people just say, "Hey, you know, thank you for this. I really struggled with this," or "Thank you for, can you do something on this?" You know, it's, it's love our helpful. listeners. Love our listeners. You know what? Somebody told me that that they're hesitant to put a review mm-hmm. because it's not their name. It's not exactly. Anonymous. That's yeah. exactly what yeah. it is. But you know what's funny is we have an international presence. In fact. I saw we, that we just post posted you did this on week. Instagram. I mean, yeah. We're in fifty countries. That's crazy. I'm not sure if they're robots or, or bots or what they are, but right. so be it. We we hear from people all over the world. In fact, I think eighty eight percent of our listeners are in the United States. Okay. <clears throat> not that I'm a numbers guy, but right. It leaves a full balance of twelve percent coming from other places. Bangladesh, who knows? So yeah, listen, you know, today What are we talking we, about? What are we doing? Back it up a little bit. Um and talk about challenges in, I don't want to necessarily say in, in, in early sobriety, but these are really just, but, but my list kind of ended up focusing and caring about the difficulties, the challenges in early sobriety. But look, it could be, it could be difficulty in, in mature sobriety or, or it could be difficulty in considering getting Sober. So, anyway, challenges. So, challenges. Yeah. In sobriety, challenges getting sober, challenges. Yeah. Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I... I uh, because it's not all uh, rainbows and unicorns, is it? Well, no. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, you know, we we spend time on social media and, uh, you know, through, through different accounts. And it's funny because I have... Um, and I need to watch how I say this. But I can almost tell when mm-hmm. somebody's in the first 90 days. Mm-hmm. I can almost tell. Mm-hmm. And I have sponsees. I can tell. You know, and everything's perfect. Their life is great. Everything's, oh, amazing. Everything's, oh, you know. And I'm like, well, how long you got sober? Nine days. Well, they didn't drink like I did. Because yeah. it took years for me to kind of recoup or rebound. I, I don't even want to say rebound because... I didn't want to go back to how I was. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, reborn. I don't really like that word because I thought of religious connotation to it. But mm-hmm. but I built from scratch. You know, I said the exact same thing the other day. I tore down on October 13, 2018. I tore down. I was starting with zero. It's exactly what I did. Yeah. But, you know, and, and it's I had challenges along the way. Right. I mean, I had a lot of challenges, so I'm looking forward to unpacking this yeah. with you yeah and i mean some of the some of the things that that you know you have to rebuild are your emotions you know you have to you have to manage your 
you know, what do we call them? Let's just call it cravings or your habits of drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to handle relationships. You got to, you got money issues. You know, let's just call them issues at first. They could be problems. They could be challenges. Whatever. Um, you know, in some cases, you, you, we all have to face the challenge of loneliness, boredom. Um, there's mental health issues out there. Those are challenges. You know, navigating those sober is a lot different than navigating when you're when you're out there. You know, binging. Um, and then transitioning, you know, just kind of, you know, doing things like taking the garbage out. It sounds wacky, but, you know, my wife had bailed on the notion that I was going to get the garbage out on the scheduled time. So she just did it, right? Right, so, right. Um, so things like that. And then, and then lastly, you know, or maybe not lastly, is, is just the omnipresence of the fear of relapse. I'm just speaking for myself. You know, don't want to go, like you said, don't want to go back out there, A, because I don't want to feel how I used to feel, but B, I don't want to lose how I feel today, which is, for the most part, not, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's a lot of unicorns and monkeys or whatever you say that. Yeah, so let's let's touch on a couple of those. Love love the list. Um, so the first thing that that I found, now, for me, just a real recap for those that don't know my story, I, I tried everything in my power to get sober. I tried every strategy, every, I, I tried Glenn's way over and over and over and over again. I tried everything in everybody else's power as well. Yeah, and then I, <clears throat> I just got to the point where none of that worked anymore, and I hit my bottom. It was September 2014, and I literally surrendered. And what that means to me is I said to my, my counselor, Matt, um, I said, look, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I just cannot take another drink. Mm-hmm. But, but so, so just think, the, the biggest challenge at that point was change, mm-hmm. right? People hate change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I was a change agent at senior executive level in business. Oh, people yikes. hated me, sure. right? Because when I saw, when people saw me come around, Something was going to change. Something was right. 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 Um, but my my favorite saying at the time was, "If you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less." Mm. Right. Mm. Um, and and for me in sobriety, if if I wasn't open to change, because mm-hmm. everything had to change in my life, right. except for the way my my heart, you know, the everything had to change. My I had to have a psychic change. Sure. Um, and, and if I wasn't open and willing for that, um, then I wouldn't have been able to take five steps in this program. Right. Well, you know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous anyway, which is a program that we've chosen to follow and, and uh, it's worked really well for us. It talks about the need for that psychic change, right? <clears throat> but the psychic change is is the change that's going to take away your obsession and and make you acknowledge your cravings, you know, for what they are. Plus, Crave, plus how to, yeah, right. cravings certainly, but also how to just deal with life. That's right. Well, and that's, isn't that just the thing? The psychic exchange is one thing, but then we got all these physical changes. We have to, you had to physically stand up off that counselor's floor at some point and put your left foot in front of your right foot and say, oh, okay, well, what, what's in front of me right now? Well, let's see, I got financial problems, relational problems. I got transition. I don't know where I'm going to live. I, I, I've got, my friends are not my friends, my Emotions, I don't know what they are, right? So you had all these things you had to actually process and physically forge forward with. Yeah, which I had every one of those. Right. I was 
just getting out of a relationship. I left the relationship to go into rehab and go into my four month sober living program. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea where I was going to live. Left a job. I had no idea where I was going to work. You know, I had no money. Um, I mean, I had a, I had, I was at ground zero and a lot to figure out, but, but one of the things with change and one of the things in this program, you know, it says it in the promises, right? Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I think with change for me, it was small steps. There was no way that I was in, that's why I kind of laugh at some of these rehab programs for 30 days. Mm-hmm. There's no way you come out at the end of 30 days and, and you are you have a psychic change and you have everything figured out and no live way. a whole new life. Right, right. You've you got know. 28 days. Why? Because that's what the insurance companies will pay. Exactly. And then, and then B, you know, you walk out of there. Well, isn't, the, that, isn't that coincidental? Yeah. Right? Hey, you know, Mike, you need 28-day treatment. Right. Everybody needs 28 days. Yeah. Well, when it, when you go to get them to pay for the 29th, they're nowhere to be fit. Right, right. And, and, and all of a sudden, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. But let's talk about those relationships for, for just a second. So you, you get up off your counselor's floor, you walk out of rehab, and you look outside, and, and, and the scope of your life, there's these smoldering bridges you know, you've got the main bridges that mm-hmm. let's call it your main relationship, but then you got these other smoldering bridges. We don't know if they're burnt beyond repair, right? But they're certainly still smoke. Some are still spewing out fire and ash. You know, maybe the one with your spouse, maybe the one with your uh, with your your sister, brother, son, child, whatever. Um, and other ones, you don't know how how damaged they are. But how how do you? How do you be, how do you be, how did you begin to process those things as you got up off the counselor's floor because you had to do something about it? So you went to rehab, but then let's talk about let's talk about post rehab because you just said your your problems don't go away just because you're not accessible to the outside world. Right. First of all, in rehab, it is very freeing mm-hmm. because sure. the outside world is put on pause. Right. You know, and and in my my mindset was I don't care what happens out there mm-hmm. you know i can't deal with it anyhow like i like i didn't have the tools without drinking i didn't know how to deal with the outside world i had enough proof of that right and and so so i i didn't care what happened out there from relationships mm-hmm. for me um i had two when i was september 2014 i had two relationships i cared about that were burnt disrepair yeah at, at the time beyond beyond repair I had no other relationships in this world. I had one buddy that I've known for 20 years, and, and and he understood what I was going through. I had nobody else in this world. So it's funny. I so so I was at zero in relationships. In fact, I've told the story where I stood up in um, in treatment, and um, the counselor asked me a blank dry erase board. He said, "Draw a circle." So I drew a circle. He said, write everybody's name in that circle who's on your team. Mm-hmm. And I stood there, I started to cry because I didn't have anybody. And, and finally, I mean, it was three minutes. It felt like three hours that I stood up there. And finally, I, I put the word me. I put Glenn in that circle mm-hmm. because I thought that was the right thing to say. I didn't really know if I believed it at the time. But, you know, and then the uh, counselor spoke up. He goes, I'm on your team. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, okay, I put Matt's name in there, mm-hmm. right? I, but that's where I was at. Right. And and I remember talking with people like you and, and, and others who had relationships to repair. Mm-hmm. And, and there were many times I was jealous of that. I'm like, I wish I had something I could work on and repair mm-hmm. rather than go home back to my sober living room and have nobody. Mm-hmm. So I'm, but but you know it's easier because because then I started from the ground up. So I, I'm not sure where I'm really at with it. I'll tell you the two things just jump Does that out. Make sense. And and I, I don't want to spend the whole time on relationships, but but yet again I do because here here's the thing. Here's what I know about Glenn today. Glenn is all about relationships. Glenn has relationships that now. Are, I mean, how many people would be in that circle today, Glenn? Seriously. I know you. Hundreds. Hundreds. I know you from work. Just your AA friends. And and then you've got your extended family, and you're doing stuff with them all the time. Yeah, you've i got, got 20 people in my family now, you've including got your church, my two daughters. You've got your church friends. Yeah. You've got your work friends. I, mean, I mean, how big, uh, who's on Glenn's team today? The numbers. I would need Gotta a couple circles. You get another couple big circles. That's amazing circles. How, where you've come, where yep. you've come to, and that's the hope of of recovery. Is you you get a you, but you had to build each one of those, you know, relation communication by communication. Yeah, but part of that, and and talk about change, is I am a different person today. Mm-hmm. Nobody, none of those hundred people, and I'm just guessing. I don't mm-hmm. know what the number is, but right. it's a lot. I, I they never. At, at the old Glen, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have nobody wanted to be with the old Glen. Right. You know, the old Glen, all the old Glen did was have the capability to earn money, and people wanted, you know, people liked people with money. And you pay, paid the bar tab. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely paid the right. bar tab. So you would have loved me. And then, and then lastly, to wrap up on, on the relationship chunk, is, is uh, let's just spend a minute talking about those two unrepairable relationships that you had in 2000. 14. Yeah, I mean, that's the proof of the program. That's the uh, promises. Um, so I had two relationships uh, with my two daughters. In fact, you know, when I surrendered to Matt, you know, the first thing the first thing I had to surrender to, right, because I, I, when you mentioned getting off, off that floor, right, because I was literally on the floor. I was sitting on the floor because I couldn't sit up in a chair after eight-day detox, six hospitals in one week. And, and, and he says, okay, Glenn. Tonight is movie night with the guys. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I'm like, yes, sir. I'll be there at movie night. And I watched movie night. It was fun. Next day, we're all going for a walk. Okay, now you're pressing it. But I went for a walk. I had flip-flops. I got blisters. I remember. And then the following week, in one of my sessions with me, he goes, okay, now we need to start working. You and I need to work on the fact you're probably never going to see your daughters again. You burnt that relationship too bad. You're not going to see him again. We need to start dealing with that. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, I need to reach out. He says, no, time out. I thought you surrendered. I'm like, well, I did, but not to that. Yeah, right. He goes, no, no, no. That's not how this works, right? So now today I have an amazing relationship with them. Uh, we, We posted in 2022 a Wedding Bells episode where I was Father of the Bride and I mean, just just amazing relationship. My my other daughter in Santa Monica. I mean, I just, I mean, it was just so special. But it's funny. The relationship today looks nothing like what I viewed relationships would be like mm-hmm. before 2014. 
Well, the, and that's the that's the whole the thing real. about them. They're real. Uh, you know, I I know about your network not because I I don't I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. Well, I am on Instagram, but that's just to follow sobriety stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I don't know how many followers you have. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking. I'm talking about people on Glenn's team. I see it because I walk this life with you, and I see the people on your team, and they're real. They're real individuals, not just Facebook followers. And uh, yeah, I I don't count. <clears throat> I mean, we have thousands and thousands of social media. I mean, there's probably five of those people that I know. Right. Right. That I've interacted with. We've interacted with from the podcast that we've had them on, you know, and, and it's all sobriety based. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm getting excited about? I'm getting excited about the people that are signing up for our email list. And trust know, me, that, that list is growing. It's growing. And we don't, and we don't inundate people. We've only really sent out a couple of emails, but I think it'll be interesting in the future that we can maybe start conversing down those paths and yeah, build that's relationships. Fan- that's fantastic. Using that as a conduit. Yeah, so here's another challenge. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about challenges, yeah. for me, one of the biggest challenges is I had to find my my groove, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, so I was in a relationship that she hated AA. Mm-hmm. She mocked AA. Mm-hmm. She mocked the people in AA. She hated that I was in recovery. Mm-hmm. She hated that I need support. She viewed it as a weakness. Um, you know, she used to say that I was fragile. I, I hate that F word. Right. And, 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 and so, I mean, one of the reasons why I left that relationship was because I knew I was never going to be successful in sobriety in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the support. You know, now on the flip side, my wife today, 1000% supportive mm-hmm. because what she understands is she gets By nothing. the way, not the same, not the same woman no. that you had the relationship no. with. No. Right. Different one. Right. Okay. So she I hasn't left done. that one. Yeah. Good for you. <clears throat> right. I know. And, and working with my sponsor, working with my therapist, that relationship has played its course out. Right. And the only way to progress with recovery was leave. Right. Good. So my wife today, thousand yes. percent supportive. Right. Anything that has to do with recovery, she raises her hand. She supports me going, doing, whether it's leaving it. You know, five in the morning for podcasting, whether it's going to meetings, whether it's going to meet a sponsee, whether it's, you know, now I'm working with the uh, Sober Living Recovery, Mm -hmm. um, you know, center. And and, I mean, I spend a lot of time, you know, every week. I might spend 20 hours a week on recovery. Right. She supports every minute of that. Right. Isn't that fantastic? So, you know, it's important to find your support group um, or groove. Mm hmm. <clears throat> you know, I think part of that is to make sobriety a priority. Right. If you if if you try to fit sobriety in with your busy life, mm-hmm. good luck. If sobriety is your priority, though, don't you find that that there's by default or just by by rising tide raises all boats, right? I mean, all of a sudden things like boredom become or loneliness that challenges become lessen or or your relationships or or money problems, they, or, or dealing with your emotions, right? Don't if if sobriety is your priority, don't you find that? And again, it's not the unicorns and monkeys and giraffes or whatever you call it, but but it's it, things things definitely improve if if you're focusing. Not it's not a hundred percent guarantee. People still die, by the way, 
and people and and jobs still go away and cars still break down and and fr- and relationships go off the rails all that kind of stuff happens but but it's not as traumatic i guess in, internally when they happen if you're dealing from the basis of your priority and sobriety yeah for for me i spent so and i'm just um you know, as you're sharing, I'm just trying to do the math in my head. <clears throat> so let's just say today, 20% of my, and, and I'm guessing here, I know you have your calendars with all the colors on them and everything. I think right, that's right. super sexy. But mm-hmm. let's just say I spent I spent 20% of my time on sobriety today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my first two years of sobriety, you know, 2014, 15, 16, um, you know, I probably spent 50 to 60% of my time in sobriety. Sure. <clears throat> that was my number one thing. You know, if you look at the 24-hour reading on January 6th, my number one thing that I live for today is sobriety. If I don't, if I'm not sober, I don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. So for two years, I laid low on everything else, and I went sometimes, you know, one, two, three meetings a day. I would, you know, go out with people, have coffee, and I would. I was a student. I learned and learned and learned, and and I knew that I was less than in the other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a relationship. Actually, she's my wife now, and and but I saw her one, two times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I I did some work, probably thirty hours a week. You know, but the rest of the stuff, I was in sobriety, and and today, sobriety is my number one priority. Mm-hmm. If if I have to get to a meeting, um, or I or, or I need to do something for sobriety, that takes precedence over anything else, mm-hmm. and know, and I get the result from it. Right. Well, isn't that the thing? It's at the end of the day, it's working for for me. My program is working for me. Do I need to do all the things I need to do? You know, my color for sobriety on my color coded calendar is yellow, and I see a lot of yellow on there. Mm-hmm. But do I need to do that? Well, can I remain sober with less yellow? I don't know if I can. I, I'm well, not willing to I, risk it. That's why I do 23 things a day a week, a, a month for sobriety, and that's why I keep doing the 23 because I. I know 23 work. Right. I don't know if 18 work. I, I know. And I, I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to take the risk either. So let's just leave Let's leave our family, our listening family with, with this. So you're going to have challenges. Um, what I've heard us say yeah, is Yeah, just that, because you stop drinking doesn't mean, I mean unicorns and rainbows right. are coming forever. Right. So, so don't, get up. I mean, I want to be a Debbie Downer. I mean, I hope that's not what this episode is no, about. No, I, I don't think so at all because I think but what it's it, using tools for reality. Well, absolutely. You have to get up off the counselor's floor. You, you eventually have to put your left foot in front of your right foot. So I think that's what we do is we do that in the spirit and with the priority towards sobriety. And then I think the other challenges are, are, are going to, we're going to survive them. Go ahead. No, I just love that. I just underlined it. Get off the council's floor. Yeah, right. I think that's going to be the title for the episode. Love it. Oh, brother. Hey, you know what? We, uh, our lives still have challenges today, but we've learned how to face them and face them differently. We have different tools. And what were challenges yesterday are not necessarily our challenges today. And we're going to have new ones tomorrow. That's correct. All right. Love you, man. Love you, man. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. 
Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.